Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to Who's Dad Cat. Uh, today's episode, we have a really cool guy. He's out here from the LA scene. He runs the garage mic. Uh, his name is Victor. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Hello, this is Victor Martinez Jr. I'm coming all the way from Dallas, Texas. Been out here for like four years. And uh, thanks for having me on, Ernesto. No problem, man. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you coming on this. Hey, man. Thank you, dude. Super cool. Uh, so, Texas. Mm-hmm. How you said you've been out here for four years? Yes, yeah, I've been out here just about four years now. Had my son two years ago. Uh, moved out like what was it, twenty thirteen, twenty something like that, right? And uh, yeah, man, I I started I started comedy out in Texas actually. Oh, yeah, I, I did ask. my my first set in Arlington, Texas, uh, just down the street from the Cowboy Stadium. They're here in town now tonight. Isn't that crazy? Uh, fucking um, at this small little. Uh, coffee shop called mocha lux it's funny because like i was getting high right it was back in high school i was 17 you were getting high and that's how that's yeah that's usually how it happens dude i wouldn't have gotten on stage if i wasn't as high as shit the first time and i've been high ever since honestly (laughs) i don't like going on stage unless i'm inebriated in one way or another (laughs) most people are like oh i think you're so much better when you're sober i'm like bitch you've never seen me perform sober don't you're like sober when yeah that's so boring i've been sober once or twice and i always end up thinking about like how long i've been up there i'm never really that comfortable if i'm fucking sober Uh, you're two in your head yeah like i think about the time and how stupid i probably look and like <laughs> I, I start thinking about my voice and shit like that and yeah, yeah unless i'm smoking I, I you know that helps me relax and just like look past that so you were already smoking before mm-hmm. you um like it, smoking weed i before had just you did started comedy. yeah like i was 17 uh back in texas and i had started smoking like a couple weeks prior to that and i was already listening to a joe rogan experience right mm-hmm. and then um I don't know, like we were just getting high and I saw that there was an open mic. Uh, It just said open mic at this coffee shop that I used to go to on my lunch break. And I was with a couple of my friends. So I Jesus signed Christ, up. You were already working at 17. Fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it was uh, it was lunch break from high school. It oh, was, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I was I had a job on the weekends and shit. I was at a, a diner theater. I was a bus boy. Um, but so like, yeah, I saw there was a mic listed and I signed up first. And I did like 10 minutes right off the top. It's, it's always amazing. It's always, <laughs> I always find that people that, oh, this is my first time doing comedy and they do the longest sets. And I like, know, right? They're like, this is going to be a Dude, piece of cake. I, do- I talked for 10 minutes about Adele and porn. <laughs> and was jerking it, off was it something that you already had written down you had already had some material I, that you were working with for or? some reason it flowed out of me like i did yeah. but i was already kind of like it was like as if i was running those bits by my friends already uh-huh. but i had never been on stage before so i didn't really see them as bits yeah there were just things that i said to my friends often that, that i knew cracked them up yeah, yeah. it's like you don't realize you're doing it until you you decide you're a comedian, but exactly. it's something that's like I run the same thing by different people at different times. Yeah. And if I do it cleverly enough, they're not going to realize it's a bit. They're going to think it's part of the conversation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But fucking. Um, so I ended up doing like everything that I had been saying to my friends in high school, just like that made them laugh or I can remember make them laugh or made me laugh. And I tried it right there. And what was funny about that night was that after I was done, um, it turned out to be a Christian open mic, not a Christian music <laughs> open mic. <laughs> and you went up with that? Yeah. What's up, dude? So, like, after <laughs> after I got up, uh, 
I, and I got off the next guy that got up after me, he started singing about God. And I was like, Oh, this isn't that type of mic. Like this is supposed to be for like God or something like this is supposed to be a Christian rap or something. I don't know what it was supposed to be. They didn't tell you anything. They, no. After when you got off, they weren't like, what the fuck? Was yeah. They're like, well, thank you, Victor. And then they just started to go on with their night. And I was like, wow, that was my first time. And I, I made my friends laugh. Uh, and I you, recorded they went out it to too. See you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. They were there. Cause we we're all getting high together. But I mean, it was just so awkward because of that. I felt so bad. Like I'd realized I'd talked about jerking off in front of these poor Christians at some coffee shop. But man, I was really addicted to it. Too. Like I was, I, I loved it after that. After that, like mm -hmm. it was just once, and you were hooked, trying to get back on stage. Right. But so before that open mic, prior to that, were you already thinking? You already knew about open mics and about how basically how to get into, I guess, stand up comedy. I I I'd, I'd started listening to it. Uh, like like I said, Joe Rogan was talking about it back in like uh, I don't know how long ago that was. Now it was the early days of that podcast. Yeah. Before it was really big, you know. And he would talk about his early days and like he would bring on other comedians that are um, that he he had come up with, like uh, Ari Shafir would talk about yeah. uh, doing open mics in the scene, and so I kind of understood the structure of it. And uh, so it wasn't too alien to me, and and it w didn't seem as scary once they like talked about just the the path that they went on. Yeah, and it seemed pretty straightforward enough. Just go on as much as you can. I didn't have too much opportunity right there in Arlington, Texas. Um, That's, is that why you moved out here for to well, LA? To the way it worked comedy? out, uh, the after the first time I had done it, I graduated a couple weeks later, mm -hmm. and then I went to Vancouver Film School. Vancouver? Yeah, I was going to Vancouver Film School for makeup. Is that for Canada? Film. Yes, okay. that's why I have the Canadian flag here. Okay, I always yeah. wondered. That. I, was all, I, all, I seen it, and I was just like, yeah, why not? Yeah, you know yeah I, I got this Canada. flag here in the garage. My, but I never knew. Canadian jersey. I went out to Vancouver. Um, my I had, So I, I listened to several podcasts around that time. Yeah. Uh, along with the Joe Rogan podcast, I listened to the Kevin Smith podcast, Smodcast. And him and his producer, Scott Mosier, talked for hours and shit. And he talked about going to Vancouver Film School and dropping out. And I didn't plan on dropping out, but I was already into makeup for film and television. Uh, throughout my senior year, sophomore year, I was doing makeup uh, right there in the high school plays. Mm -hmm. And then I, I got started actually doing makeup um, for Haunted Houses right there oh, at the Six Flags Mall. How did that start? Oh, it was This nice. girl invited me out. This girl that I thought was cute, I was like 13 or 14, uh, invited me out to a haunted house to uh, just dress up. Like it's, they needed performers mm -hmm. to scare people and it was all for free, but you could like win prizes and shit. Yeah. And really I just wanted to make out with her. So like, you know, <laughs> oh, I would that's get dressed tough. up as a zombie or a fucking ghoul or something. And then, you know, we'd make out in this room and we'd stop making out when people walked by and we'd scare them. <laughs> so it worked. You actually yeah, got it. yeah. You know, and so but then I really got into uh, the makeup aspect of it because uh, the people that were putting makeup on me, I, I would talk to them while they were applying it. And I got into it. I started doing it myself and uh, I had a little bit of a knack for it. Mm -hmm. I even drew a little bit, which is like the same thing as like oh, painting yeah. on I the saw face. That. I saw that. Yeah. So like um, I got into that. I started doing it for high school. And I got deeper and deeper into it. And I once I started hearing Kevin Smith talk about that school, I looked into it and I saw they had a makeup program. So um, they had like a trial run for like a two week type of thing. Yeah. Um, you had to like enter in to win. It's like a contest. You get to go there for two weeks, try it out. I, I got in. I sent them some of my stuff that I was doing at the haunted house and in high school. They liked it. So I went to visit. Um, I was there for uh, two weeks with my family and then we came back. 
did comedy for the first time. I graduated and then I actually went. And so now I was in Vancouver, supposed to be doing um, fucking film school. And during the day I would do classes, but at night I discovered uh, their comedy scene because after my first time, yeah, wow, after my first time doing comedy in in Arlington and and going to Vancouver, I I figured you know I'm on my own. I think they have a scene. It's a pretty big city. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about the Vancouver scene, but I just went out to look for one, and I found one. I found a open mic uh, Goldie's some pizza shop. Comedy open in mic. downtown uh, Vancouver. It was actually a comedy open mic. It wasn't a Christian yeah. fucking song open <laughs> mic. It was like a legit one. So I did my first real comedy set at a comedy spot in Vancouver. A lot shorter set, I would imagine. Yeah, that was like three or four minutes. Yeah, I was high again. I had found weed in Vancouver. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Uh, it wasn't uh, much easier to find in Vancouver than Texas. I'll tell you that. It was much easier. I mean, yeah. you were at a film school, so mm-hmm. I imagine. A I, lot I of didn't the people... even get it from any of my oh. peers. I had to go find fucking other comedians. Comedians told me how to find it. Like there was biker gigs at fucking Delta comics, there. dude. Fucking yeah, you comics. can find anything with comics, comics. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. They have somebody's anything. on something mm-hmm. for sure out of my somebody's on something i learned that real quickly with them yeah. yeah i love comedians dude but um but yeah so i started doing it up there i was there for like a year before i dropped out and uh why did you drop out i decided it was a mixture between deciding that i loved comedy way more than makeup mm-hmm. like i was good for it and i had the skill for it but i wasn't like uh i wasn't really determined you know it was i didn't have my heart set to it like yeah. i did with comedy and i realized uh pretty early on there, I mean, my, my teachers were telling me, like, you know, the beginning of your career, you're going to be doing films and, and beauty and shit that you don't like mm-hmm. for very cheap. You know, it's going to be hard coming up in a makeup career. And um, and I knew that comedy was going to be just as hard. And I figured I'd much rather struggle at that than this. Definitely. You know, That's while I had the effort and the fucking will to do it in my youth. As you were like 18 get, around this time. I was 19. Yeah. 19 going on 20. Wow, that's a that's an interesting interesting uh, train of thought to have as a nineteen year old to be like, you know what? Um, instead of putting my efforts into this that I'm not one hundred percent in love with, yeah, I might as well just put all my efforts into this if it's gonna be just as hard. They're both gonna be just as hard. Yeah, uh, you know, I could be anything. I know that you know whatever I choose to be, if I put my all into it, the first decade or so of a real career is going to yeah. be fucking difficult like yes. a real uphill battle so you have to be like really um passionate about what you choose and so that's like the you know that's like the real straightforward way of looking at it how it really happened <laughs> was that i was smoking the whole time i would do class all day i would do comedy all night and uh, i wasn't sleeping that much right and I was it was my first time all alone. I was in another country all on my own. And looking back, that's probably like a, a lot of things at once for a kid, right? Yeah. I was going to uh, say, never, that seems intense. It is. Like, You're in a whole other country. Things, I'm yeah. trying to figure out my future, right? I'm yeah. trying to structure like what the rest of my life is going to look like. And I'm fucking 19 in another country. Yeah. And um, and so that mixed with I started hosting this mic in Vancouver at this uh, this weed shop. Wow. Where you would get um, a lot of edibles, like a shit ton. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to cook. So since I was on my own, I would end up eating these fucking edibles <coughs> and not eating any regular food. So just baked all fucking day. I got too high. So leading up to right before I dropped out, I hadn't slept for a couple of days. Jesus I was Christ. high as shit. 
and I was having what turned out to be like something of a mental breakdown. <laughs> I didn't know that that's what it was. Like I knew I was going crazy, but I didn't know there was like a term for it. You know? Yeah. I was bursting my bubble, dude. Like I was really like it was pop, man. Uh, I freaked out my parents. All my Facebook posts started ending up like looking like riddles and shit like that. Yeah. I remember been there. Like, I've been there, dude. I you know how like the memories come up on Facebook? Oh, uh, dude, it's so embarrassing. I see those posts from when I was going through that episode. I'm like, what the fuck? was i saying isn't it so funny how you're like clearly i was going through some stuff i don't know why i didn't see this earlier i'm like please that's not me right you know but so i was going through that and then so logically all those things are you know i'm thinking about you know what i have to do with what what career i want to choose really and that fork in the road but it, it coincided with me having a mental breakdown through edibles and the pressure of school and shit. So um, in the midst of all that, I started going a little weird. Thought I was Jesus for a while. Stopped sleeping. Didn't think did, I needed how sleep. How did that happen? How did you it think you were Jesus? It slips in. It starts slipping in slowly. First, you start thinking like, okay, um, I don't know. I guess you get so high that you start thinking you can probably like guess what people are thinking. Oh, yeah. And then you start, <laughs> <laughs> And then it starts going from there because sometimes you're right. And then it, it goes from that to, like, uh, any YouTube video about, like, some conspiracy shit. I would, like, immediately believe it. Like, I was convinced as soon as it <laughs> popped up. I remember seeing these videos about, like, fucking giants and, and aliens and shit like that. And that was around the same time as 2012, right? 2012 was coming up. When the world was ending. Right? So I thought that I was, like, having, like, a... a an evolutionary awakening or something like that i thought like my brain was was mending with like the mesh of the fucking universe or something and they were having uh you know or like whenever people become one with machines type deal Mm -hmm. so like i was so high i thought that i could control wi-fi signals i have a joke (laughs) about it now i was like you ever been so high you thought you made the wi-fi stronger by focusing on it jesus like that's how high (laughs) i was jesus christ and so that was going down um like i was getting real paranoid it was weed already does that to you yeah but i was getting paranoid as fuck like i remember i would have this dude i'd hang out with he always talked about owning a gun in vancouver yeah and it was this weird dude and uh and i was getting all fucked up on those edibles and i started believing him i was like man he keeps talking about this gun maybe he's really got one right and i was like man maybe he wants to fucking kill me or some shit you just convince yourself of this shit man enough edibles and not sleep Fuck, can you believe any I little mean, weird lingering definitely thoughts? Definitely drive you to some type of psychosis. Yeah, like no I don't. Sleep. It's not good to have someone like that around you saying that type of shit, <clears throat> let alone doing those things. And so that um, that happened. I broke. I, I tried to get away from this dude. Right, I stopped talking to him, and uh, and then like I stopped sleeping for a couple of days, like I said, and and like I got weird Facebook posts, and then I went to class, and like in the, and I was still in the middle of all this shit. And I just like, I don't know what compelled me to get up in the middle of the class and just tell my teacher, I'm like, I'm really not interested in this shit anymore. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I haven't slept or, you know, I'm going, I'm getting weird right now, but I really just don't want to be a makeup artist. And he, and he was completely fine with it. He's like, all right, well, here's what you have to do. He probably sees that shit all the time. I guess, yeah. you know, some American kid doesn't so know what the fuck he's doing it. and shit. Yeah. So he, you know, and it was really nice how smooth he was about it. Cause he told me what to do. He's like, just go. Fill out the paperwork, talk to the heads of the or, you know, whoever enrolled you and and just drop out. And I did somehow I did like I don't know. There's a process. I don't remember half of it, but I got through it to the point where, like, I told him I was out and I did it all on my own. 
What did your parents think about that? They thought it was very fast because, like, you know, on their on their side, like, you know, one second they're seeing, you know, these Facebook posts. And the next thing I'm, I'm dropped out of school and like I'm telling them I want to be a comedian. Oh, they thought it was terrible. I mean, they had paid. They, they had fucking helped me get to college. Right. Drove me up there, took care of the classes, got me housing. And like, you know, I should have been all set. Yeah. I was like and I was the only boy in the family, too. Right. So it's a real big deal that like I make something of myself type mm-hmm. deal. And um, so, yeah, man, they weren't too happy about it at first. I always equate it to like <clears throat> coming out as a comedian to your parents. I have to imagine something similar to like coming out as gay, as being gay. You, like you have to like come out and tell them like it's not a secret, like some shit you do at night anymore. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you I would imagine sometimes some parents are like, yeah, we already knew. You know yeah, I mean? <laughs> we knew you were a comedian. <laughs> You're always joking and shit. No, that's funny. It probably would have been easier. But fucking yeah, no, that's what it felt like at the at the end of the day whenever I told him that and um, at first it really had no structure because like I thought that dropping out of college I could stay there I immediately became an illegal alien in Vancouver because I was on a student visa oh shit so I had a fucking book a plane back home or else they were going to deport my ass and then uh, which is kind of funny because I'm Mexican right <laughs> but yeah. I was born in America I went to Canada to feel illegal <laughs> to feel illegal <laughs> <laughs> um, but so yeah I came back and I didn't know what to do. I'd only done comedy that one time at the fucking at the coffee shop. Now I was back home. I had to figure out where I was going to do comedy. And yeah, so I, that's I interesting. That you started uh, comedy out basically in Vancouver. Yeah, that's where I really started. At. And like to this day, uh, I think I still probably know a lot of dudes out there. How I long were you out there for? About a year. And I had oh, that's a good chunk of time. While I was out there, I was the only Texan. So I referred my to myself as Victor Texas Heat. That Victor was my nickname. Yeah, and it it worked. Real wrestler name, dude. Right? <laughs> I don't know why I decided to have a nickname. Um, like not a lot of people do that. Yeah, one it, of those stage names. I pulled it off. Like, and that's the only time I decided that the only time I'm ever Victor Heat is when I'm in I'm in Canada. If I ever go back up there, I'll sign up as, like as Texas Heat again. Wow. But yeah, whenever I came to um to California, I I just came as Victor Martinez Jr. <laughs> and then when you came back down here, you were completely like, I'm gonna just fucking pursue comedy. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I, I was done with, with film school, and um, I mean, I thought about going back to Canada just as a comedian, but I, I don't think that would work out unless i had like a real job up there or some shit i mean definitely. so um i fucking i started doing comedy at the arlington improv they had an open mic weekly every tuesday and i, I started signing up it got to the point where i was hosting it oh shit that's badass yeah i love hosting things that was like the first the first couple times was like yeah i hosted that the weed spot in vancouver and then i started hosting right there at the arlington improv mic and uh like I'm loud and shit like that. Like <laughs> I, I, whenever I come up, whenever I bring people up, I, people always say that I sound like a fucking, like some type of uh, roadie or something. You know, like a rodeo. What are those? What are those guys called? One of those guys that said like, ah, blah, 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 yeah, that or, or like an announcer or some shit like yeah. that. Really over the top. But I, I don't know. I just like getting people excited for it. I think yeah. it's like. I mean, but, you're definitely you know, a great host. Yeah. I appreciate it. I like hosting things. I don't know why I gravitate towards it. Like, my family used to host parties and shit whenever I was little. Maybe that's it. Like, they kept the, the, the big family together. But I just, like, I, I know what a good time is, and I like giving, you know, I know what a good show is supposed to be. So and I you always, like setting the tone for mm-hmm, the whole. I like putting on a good, what I feel would be a good show. That's what I always do at the bottom. At the, like, the, it's always the bottom line is, that like, as long as it's something I'd like to go to, I know someone's probably having fun. Yeah. You know? 
So you're you left Vancouver, you started comedy basically there. You left Vancouver, came back, uh, made your way into that hosting position at the improv. Mm-hmm. After yeah. that, I don't know. I, I started deciding that like there's a lot of really good people right there in the Texas scene that just stuck it out, and they you know they could get started getting booked or getting paid gigs, and then like doing the circuit, which is like uh, Houston or Austin. And some clubs right there in Dallas. I know Austin's got a big scene. But anyways, I don't know. I just I, I figured uh, something always compelled me to go to Hollywood. I knew that's probably where I was going to go after Vancouver if I had stuck it out there. Yeah. And uh, it was the same thing. It's like, you know, if I was going to struggle anywhere, I'd rather struggle amongst the greatest. Yeah. As opposed to just peter out in texas i don't know it, it seems like there's no limit out here you know yeah and and one of the things i like about being out here um the same way i started comedy somewhere else and then moved here i started out in the inland empire and then moved out here mm-hmm. after only like a year and a half of doing comedy um and one of the things i really love about being out here is just you get to um not only perform at endless mics because there's so fucking many but then you also get to go to places like the store and watch uh, national headliners just perform and work out shit, and I think it's a really good way to learn and and, uh, and you know improve yourself by watching people that are already that that already have shit down, basically. You know, that's where like it's hard to explain how important the store is to people unless yeah. they're into comedy, because that's where it starts feeling like a religion. You know, because that's uh, it's mecca. Yeah. Even if you don't perform at the store, if you really want to take this craft seriously, you have to go there and at least look at the fucking stage. You have to at least see a couple people on, on, you know, do their thing because the guys that do it there, I mean, the guys that have been fucking door guys there, you know, end up becoming legends. Fucking Jim Carrey, people like that, and it's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And you get to see people that are not just coming up, but people that are fucking, like, people that I'm sure you've seen Joe Rogan there. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, how weird of an experience where Going before you even started it, you yeah. would be watching him at home and then yeah, coming out here and you're like, Jesus Christ. Listen to this guy's voice for hours on end. And like, there he is right in front of me, you yeah. know, a big influence. And he's right there fucking just working his shit out. Yeah. Not even doing his best material. He's like trying shit out. He's being very vulnerable and that's the place to do it. Yeah. The thing about the stories is it's got so much fucking history. I swear that place has its own gravity. It's weird. It's definitely a whole different energy it's when you walk in It's got to be haunted. It's got it's got some type of energy because I can feel it from all the way down the street. Whenever I'm fucking hanging out at like Carney's right before a roast battle or the Kill Tony show on Monday nights and I'm drinking a beer, I can feel the force of the fucking store down the street. And then it makes you feel like like, fuck, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. It feels right. You know, like a calling, like like some fucking history shit. There's one time I was uh, there's a. um an escape room down the street from uh, from the the store, mm. and I was out there. I took some mushrooms. I tried to do the escape room, totally failed. But left that, walked over to the comedy store, and I was like, "Fucking!" I took an eighth of mushrooms, <laughs> so I was fucking wrecked, bro. And then like it was ridiculous. The energy that I could feel, just I was just standing out in the front in the patio, like. It was crazy energy. I started, you know how you get really introspective? I started mm. thinking like, holy shit, dude. I used to watch these people. I used to like listen to these people on YouTube, watch them on, you know, when I was a kid on TV. Mm. And all of a sudden I'm fucking here. And I, look, there's that fucking guy that like Sam Tripoli. I seen Sam Tripoli and I made a fool of myself. He saw me. And I was all sweating. He was like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fucking 
dude, I just took an eighth of mushrooms. I'm tripping balls. And I weirded him out. And he was like, okay, what the fuck? And they just walked away. But I was like, even that, I was like, dude, I'm fucking, I'm, I must be on the right path or something because I'm fucking here. You That's know? definitely what it feels like is that you're on the right path. Yeah. Like you'd felt like almost as if you'd been there before, like, but stronger than deja vu. Yeah. You know, like every one of your choices was leading you like to right there. Mm-hmm. I knew that I, like the, the store was going to be a real big impact on me whenever I uh, saw my first dude die there jesus you know that dude that got shot there a couple years ago i heard about it but i never i was there that night how does that happen okay so it was the night of a roast battle and i was prepping for my first roast battle ever against um caesar lazardo and i figured since i was going to be battling that i needed to start watching them to like study Mm -hmm. and like you could watch them on periscope they had them on periscope back then too but like to get the real feel of it you have to be there i felt so I got up in there and I watched the first couple battles and then I had to leave uh, to check my meter because I was like literally right in front of the store at the, at the parking spot right there. So I go out uh, right around the last battle and this was back whenever they had the wave like really kick in with yeah. like Haiti there. They used to really do a lot of shit ton of antics. Like they used to really make it dirty. Like they would do like crazy shit like throw fucking um you know, sparklers and glitter and shit all over the stage whenever someone told a good joke. Fuck. Um, so I leave and I, I check, I, I'm sitting in my car smoking, about to go back in, and I, I hear like bang, 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 like right behind me. And I see people run past, and I thought, I, my first thought was that the, the wave from the fucking roast battle was doing some type of fucking skit with, like, uh, Fireworks yeah, or some shit. I really thought that. So I get out of the car, like, All excited. real no big deal, right? <laughs> and I walk up, and so right there on the patio, everyone's, like, real spread out. People are screaming, and then, like, in the center, um, right where those doors open into the, uh, I think it's the OG room, uh, right there in the doorway, the dude was like lying, breathing, right, and uh, he had like seven shots in his torso. Oh, was he doing that like heavy? Like, <laughs> dude, he was. He was like his mouth like was dying? opening and closing like a fish out of water. Like, oh, dude, I he was hate looking that right past me. Like his eyes were looking at me, but they were far beyond me, looking way towards the sky. You know, yeah. and like I was like, man, this dude is dying in front of me. I had seen family members die before that, like of cancer and shit like that or they're just like old but like that was my first ever like murder and i was like and and for some reason i wasn't scared i was just like fuck this is not good like this is this is bad i should really be affected by this right now like this is war shit sitting there like what joke am i gonna yeah i was like is he is he a comedian is this (laughs) (laughs) this isn't a comedy bit at all like (laughs) he wasn't he was an all red Oh my and God. he had some uh, some other dudes. I guess they were bloods. And he had some other dudes. They were screaming like, "They shot Rich! They shot Rich!" So it turns out that that guy was some dude named Rich something, and he was in from New York, staying at the hotel right next door. And he was like a high level blood gang member. And he that was a hit job. He Fuck. was in New York for just a couple nights. The fucking nerve he, of somebody do a hit at the store. And the great thing about it, it had to be a really good way. Like it had to be a fucking well paid job because Ups. the guy didn't miss. That was seven shots to the body. There are no holes in the fucking patio. And also uh, the witnesses, you know, bunch of comedians and, and fucking the guy got away it was some guy in a hoodie they never saw him again he took off down the hill right there 
And I actually walked down the hill that night. Like I moved my car right after I saw the, the dude dying. I was like, oh, shit, you know what? There's going to be cops here soon. I want to move my car because <laughs> I know that this place is going to be locked down. Like a murder just happened. Holy no one's going to be in fuck. or out for a little bit. I want to leave. So um, <laughs> did the Rose Battle still go down? Yeah, Every, well, the, the Rose the Battle still... was ending and uh, it was wrapping up right around then. And uh, fucking there was a shit ton of people on the patio. And like, I mean, the, the store was just packed on a Tuesday night, dude. And I fucking I took my car and I, I went down the same hill that the, the, the shooter had taken off down. And uh, I was actually looking around for a gun in the bushes because I knew they had probably stashed it somewhere in those bushes down there. I didn't see anything. But fucking that would have been interesting. Right. Fucking. Uh, and yeah. So after that night. I figured, like, man, this has got to be, like, a chapter in my life or something like that. So Definitely. It's got to mean something, I you mean. know? Like, of, of all the places to go, I don't fucking live. I mean, I didn't live in the nicest part of Texas, but I could have seen someone die back home. I could have seen someone die all throughout my life. To see yeah. someone die right here. Like, after, you know, deciding I wanted to be a comedian and being here and getting shit done. So, like, after that. I don't know. Things kind of just sped up. <laughs> after after that, how long um, after that did you do your first road battle? Because I saw you were um, you're ranked number fifty, like four and four. Might be like oh, you yeah. probably have like five and four by now. I dropped out right after my last loss, but yeah, I had, I've done like nine or ten battles now. I've got them really spread out over the past couple of years. I don't do that many. Uh, I've only done one so far. Really? Yeah. yeah I like I, I wait till I get challenged. Almost every battle I've done, I've been challenged. I like that. And uh, I don't know. It's a fun thing to like, you know, for writing and shit. Yeah, it's a whole different muscle. Because I don't write at all. I, I always like just think of an idea and test it out and flesh on it stage. out on stage forever until I've got it figured out. But I've never, even then whenever I'm done with a joke, I don't still I, I don't write it down. The only time I really do writing is whenever I'm roasting. And you don't have you don't have a hard time. Um, uh, like remembering since you're since you no, smoke weed. No, no, because like uh, the the things I talk about are very personal, so I, I'll okay, never forget. Okay, so it's more them. like you're just telling stories instead of like mm -hmm. I came up with this joke. It's like I'm yeah. just telling you what happened. Yeah, no, in the beginning I was doing little joke jokes and things that like I thought were funny or clever, but now I'm I'm fleshing out more of like what's happened to me and shit like that. Stories are I'm taking out stories and like I'm mixing them together, seeing how they I can fuse different stories together. Yeah. Cause it's easy to remember the truth like that. You yeah, know? definitely. And and the, a lot of shit that happens to me is pretty funny. I just got to figure out how to tell people that, you know. But yeah, man, not not too long after I did the roast there, I I started uh, hosting mics of my own. Uh, I did garage mic a little bit after that. Oh yeah, tell us more about the garage mic. How does that? Um I'm sure a lot of people in L.A. already know about it. It's one of the more popular mics out here, I think. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm always happy whenever people hear about it. It's We've had, okay, so we've gone on uh, two years now because I started right around the time my son was born. He's mm -hmm. uh, He just turned two back in November. And originally I just did it so that like I could be close to home and still be doing mics and shit, right? And like when I first found out we were pregnant, I didn't want to be like across town and then hear that my baby mama's water broke. Yeah, I'd rather be in the garage and hear that. And then there's no way you're getting back <laughs> with this LA traffic. And right. Time. Yeah. So I fucking uh, I did it, you know, to be close to home, and and I knew comedians would come, and most of all, like it's Saturday night, so my neighbors don't care. There's there was always like a mariachi band that would be two garages down, so. Um, so yeah, it really stuck, you know, and like I've had a, a couple of breaks here and there where like I had to stop doing it because of like a job or, 
or uh, I uh, I didn't have like a car or some shit. You know, it was usually money problems. But yeah. like now, it's been going pretty steady for a while. And then I started doing uh, my my weed show, the High Tonight show. The High Tonight here. show. And I turned the 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 garage into like a studio. I hang up a green screen. A green and we screen, put lights yeah. in here. It'll be all out. Um, and we've I been doing that for a couple. couple I saw episodes. that. Uh, um, Jeremiah Watkins and then Pat Reagan, they did yeah. the, they did a music video here. Dude, so we've had their music video. We've had two music videos. Who's the other? I forgot their name. It was some other. Uh, it was like a, a rock band of some sort. And then um, I've had two mini like five minute documentaries out here too. Oh, dope! How These, does that make you? How does that make you feel when people dude. are like interested and they come up and they're like, "I love what you're doing. Like, I want to <laughs> work with this space." How does that make you feel? I don't know. Like, I I try not to take too much credit for uh, like too like I, I don't know. I put this together. It's just a garage unless people come out. You know, it's really nothing without the people that come out. And sign up and have the balls to come out to this dark ass alley <laughs> at fucking midnight, you know, in the middle of Koreatown. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I could take credit for like the playlist in between comedians, you know, Bangers kinda, every time <laughs> I try, you know, I, you know, I like fucking trap music and shit like that. That's my South Texas roots. But I don't know what it is that people uh, like about it, because I know there's other I think there's another garage mic out there, like in someone's garage. Oh, interesting. I don't know. But I mean, I'm just really happy that people it sticks out in their heads. I don't know if it's the griminess or like the, you know, the, the, the feeling. Yeah. If I'm honest, that's one of the things that <laughs> drew me into because I it's over the there. I was used to to um like dive bars and i i mean i started in san Bernardino, so it was like some grimy seedy spots that i was doing mm -hmm. and then over here you know i would try to do like um i think on saturday they have like a spot you could do at flappers around the same time as your thing mm -hmm. and i tried to do that which is cool but then came out here one time and i saw everybody was hanging out here in the alley people were drinking beers people right. were smoking weed i think i like to think that's probably what it is too yeah it's definitely a, a good hangout you can spot. smoke on stage you can drink on stage you can smoke a cigarette on stage and nothing seems performing. to be off limits right i can't i haven't found too many things like usually the crowd dictates itself definitely and like they 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 draw their own lines throughout the evening <laughs> i've seen that happen which like, is kind you know, of fun we've too we've had people push the limits we've <laughs> had fucking uh, a boxing match out here really yeah not too long ago like almost a year and a half ago now is ellie waba and uh fucking ellie waba yeah ellie well you know ellie waba <laughs> yeah. right and uh, uh tom whalen for some reason i don't know who one of them to already had beef against each other and they had boxing gloves in their trunk and so they just, just came to the decision had boxing and, uh, and they were like we're gonna fight in front of your garage victor i was like okay but we're still performing and i don't want like one of you to crack your head in front of my garage yeah so go down the alley <laughs> so i could say i don't know you guys <laughs> and so they went down towards the other end and it's on youtube somewhere <laughs> oh, shit. i'm gonna have to look yeah. that up <laughs> but you know like when things like that happen um or like whenever someone brings like a couple boxes of pizza and like a box of beers, you know, I'm just like, man, I'm really happy that uh, I found a group of people that fucking, you know, share the same uh, vision as me. You know, they just really they don't care. They just want to work their shit out. Doesn't matter where. And then you, you guys know? seem pretty tight for the most part. I did. I noticed there's comics, new comics coming in all the time. Yeah. There's constantly. people that like um, they're kind of new. They come up here, too, because they hear about it. Yeah. But I'm for constantly the most part, surprised. there's also a tight knit group that. 
you can always find here at the at the garage mike which i think is cool it's a small little community you guys have yeah we have new people and regulars all the time i'm, I'm always surprised by like new faces every week yeah because i've always thought like oh man i've met everybody by now yeah but there's people coming into this city every fucking day seriously and uh <laughs> you know they come and they go and like i said like with this last uh documentary that we had these guys they came out all the way from finland from Finland? Yeah. This dude, Mishka, had apparently performed here a couple months ago. And honestly, I'd forgotten about him. Like, he introduced himself to me, and, and you know, he might have told me he was from Finland I mean, when I first so met many him. faces, huh? Yeah. And then, so when he came back out and told me he wanted to shoot, like, a little five-minute short just about the mic, I was like, shit, they want to hear about this out there? Like, <laughs> Man, that's so fucking cool. You know, it's like a dirty garage, but... If they're interested, <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So he came out with like a camera crew and lights and shit, interviewed all the comedians here. And, you know, I really appreciate that time. That's why I came out here, man. You know, just for crazy shit like that to happen. It's it's not that abnormal out here in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. And then as far as the High Tonight show, how did that all start out? Well, right around the same time I started smoking weed, um, I I realized I love it, <laughs> you know, weed, like smoking weed. Yeah, like some people do it, and then they're like, "Oh, I um, I'm not gonna do this all my life, yeah. or I'm gonna stop it whenever I decide to be more uh, professional or adult." Yeah. You know, they're like they think it's silly or something like that. But for me, as soon as like the from the very first time, I know I lost control, but at the same time, it felt like when something that, very positive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. I, I still think I can wrangle it, you know, and I still think that it's a very positive thing. I don't know where I'd be if I had taken interest in any other drug, mm -hmm. you know. Um, like, if I had been drinking, I don't think I'd want to be, like, the host of a, of a drinking show or anything like that. I probably would have ended up way worse. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Like, <laughs> I was telling you off, off before we started this, off yeah. mic, how I just stopped smoking weed. Mm -hmm. And I love smoking weed. Right. Weed is Even the process of, like, Breaking your weed down, you know, mm -hmm. putting on, putting <laughs> on a, tr yeah, he's rolling a joint right now. That's how committed he is yeah. uh, <laughs> with one hand. I won't so, drop the mic. <laughs> even the process of like breaking down your weed, putting in a cool song and, you know, rolling up a blunt, sparking it up. That whole process, I fucking love it. Mm -hmm. Being high, I love. And then I was saying, I was telling you, like, the only reason I stopped is because like, I'm trying to fuck it. My only job basically is try to come up with jokes at this point. Right. And then I was, I would get too high and forget. That's and it's the like, negatives. That's, yeah, the, and that's, that's the downside of it. And, and it's true. It could affect anybody that way. But I, I don't think it's necessarily the weed that did that. I just think I would just like, it was just me. It's a side effect. It's like one of the effects is that, you know, you do get relaxed. And if you, if you feed into that relaxation too much, which can be good and bad. Whenever it starts turning bad, you get like really just apathetic and like laissez about a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. You stop caring as much and you stop meeting quotas and you stop pushing yourself possibly. But, and though I found myself get into those ruts, I can get into that with literally anything. You know, yeah. if I wasn't smoking, I'd probably get into that if I was just drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, you know, uh, eating chocolate gets me to that point. But. <laughs> There's something about weed that really inspires me to want to uh, create and share and set aside, you know, what what the ego might like, you know, I don't know, just tamper that that feeling. You know, if I was yeah. sober and just thinking too much about how something like something might look, I'll never get it done. Yeah, that, that, that happens to me when I'm when I'm high. Mm -hmm. I usually I feel more relaxed. I don't really my thoughts aren't too intrusive. Mm -hmm. Um 
I just feel like, all right, I got this. When I'm sober, like now I'm finding it like a little bit more difficult because it's just coffee and cigarettes now. But uh-huh. I find it like it's tough, dude. I have to learn how to deal because like all anxiety, um, like you were talking about going on stage sober. It's like I worry about what I look like, what I fucking sound like, all right. that shit. But I just have to. For me personally, I just want to be able to deal with that sober. And then I will go back to weed at some point and, you know, mushrooms and drugs and all that. <laughs> but uh, for now, I just want to be a little bit more present and then be, you know, um, comfortable with being sober. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I'll hop and back on. I don't know what it is about me that I've always been the opposite of that. I'm more comfortable when I'm high. And it, it got to the point where um, I was doing a bunch of mics all around. I'd always had the idea of like a weed talk show yeah and then uh about two years ago this dude nolan uh he ran drone box i, don't know I actually went to that one you did yeah i went to so that he one. he hosted this it's it was called drone box it was like a studio and its own little network they shot their own shit they had a lot it was of a open huge slots. studio actually it was and they tore it down just a couple weeks ago really it's completely empty wow, now that's fucked up. all blacked out from wall to wall the they took stages. their fucking stage they took like their their plumbing, <laughs> yeah. So the next stage is gone. Drone box is gone. Um, but yeah, whenever I started working at Drone Box, Nolan approached me with an open slot, asking me if I had any ideas for any type of shows because I had performed there a couple times at yeah. their mics or their book shows or I'd worked on their some of their programs. Um, and so I told him I had the idea for a, a weed talk show and I knew it, it'd work with him because that was his studio. Yeah. People don't let you smoke in their studios, but since I was his, he'd let me. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it was a solid enough idea with like that, that type of structure of a, of a talk show that, you know, it wasn't just people sitting in the circle smoking weed, yeah. um, that, you know, I could pull it off. So we did like a pilot episode with him and, uh, me and Eric Abenante, uh, structured out a full hour where it would be just like, you know, Carson or Leno. I would come out, I would just do like a, a longer format version. Yeah. And and uh, and I'd have musical guests and comedian guests and, and smoking weed is the only thing that ever makes me want to talk. That's one and of the things like I enjoy be, about about the High Tonight show is mm-hmm. that you have uh, not just comics but musical guests as well, which is always nice to see, you know. I love musicians. They yeah. mesh really good with comedians. Yeah, I, I, like I was saying earlier too, it's just I think it's because we're both uh, we're creative people, and then um, they get it. You know what I mean? Just as much as we get, like, yeah, of course you're trying to write a song and uh-huh. trying to get it out there. Yeah. Of course, you know. We we we're sympathized with each other. Yeah. Our common ground is drugs. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> <You know? laughs> we like a lot of the same <laughs> things like that, and. Um, and I always think that, I mean, I know I do. Every comedian wants to be a good singer, and every singer wants to tell a funny story. I know. Joke. Every comedian is like, <laughs> oh, I wanted to be a rock star, dude. Dude, <laughs> I wish, like, if I could trade out any voice, I'd sound like Sinatra or like... Um, Just dreamy as fuck? Yeah, or like those... Uh, dude, if I could sing, I, I would never even talk. I would sing everything. The Four Seasons, you know? Like, I would sound like them. But yeah, I don't know what it is like that. And I love I love um, mixing them up, you know, and uh, there's just as many underground and up and coming musicians as there is comedians. And like with the with this new wave coming out right now, it's still very like it's undetermined how it's going to look whenever this generation comes out and see who sticks it out. Yeah, because I think it's like the biggest wave ever. Of comics? Uh, uh, comics and musicians. And musicians. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Like, compared to any other generation, there wasn't podcasts and there wasn't YouTube. 
so that's our thing now and we got to figure that out the know? interesting thing to me about that is that um that is right there is like a ton of speaking specifically about comics there's so many comics and i don't Thousands. know yeah and i don't know if it's ever been this many uh but the interesting thing about that to me is that uh it doesn't seem like a competition at all no it no, seems we're, like we're there's room for it, everyone yeah. it, it almost it, you know it was competition in the early days when there wasn't as many but now there's no way to do that. You have to be a community about it. You, yeah. know, you have to fucking uh, give each other something to do. Especially how every, like, comics know each other, like, from different scenes. Like, I'm sure you know people from Texas, Vancouver, mm -hmm. like, like me. Just, I mean, I'm not huge or anything, but I know people from Vegas, you know, San yeah. Francisco, Very LA. quickly, yeah. too. Yeah, Especially definitely. Especially with, like, Facebook. You start, you know, getting to know all these comedians that you still would never even meet, but just because they're in the scene... Now, you know, you're in the same groups online. You see each other's posts. Yeah. You see each other on, on each other's lineups. And then you get familiar with faces and you see them out and it's like, oh, dude, I fucking we're friends on Facebook. What's up? You know, and there's just so many of us. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh. yeah, I never see the same face twice out there, man. Yeah, but I'm I'm interested to see what that's going to turn out to be in the next like 15, 20 years. Yeah. Know? I mean, I'm definitely there's some comics that I know. It's just like, dude, it's going to take some time, but. I know for sure you're going to be on TV someday, you know? Dude, I really want to be. Yeah. I, I want to be like the fucking Jay Leno of weed. That's what <laughs> I'm really gunning for. Like, and I'd be completely fine with that type of career. <laughs> getting back to your uh, The High Tonight Show, you have multiple seasons, right? You're on yeah, third season on now. Yeah, we're the third season now. We've done two seasons here in the garage. I, I like to call it Garage Mike Studios whenever the green screen's up. And uh, our first season was right there in Drone Box before they shut down. Yeah. It, it kind of just fell apart with Drone Box. We ended up doing about 20 episodes there before um, he started canceling a bunch of shows. And uh, I, I don't know what happened to him, but fucking it got to the point where he was just done with everybody. And yeah. I had to find a new home. And I switched over. Uh, I had already been talking to my producer and director, Eric, and he had decided to start his own little... Uh, YouTube channel, Channel 310. Yeah, yeah. And so on that network, he's got another weed show, Blunts and Brunch with Arthur Hamilton. With Arthur, yeah. And, uh, and a couple other Lila, shows. Lila, right? Yeah, Lila Hart, Small Talk with Lila Hart. Bunch of other little, like, they're, they're mostly talk shows and, like, um, Dude, I think. Dude, I, I love what you guys are doing with that. It's, like, um, it's almost like a smaller version of the all things comedy thing where mm -hmm. you guys have your, your shows and your basically info for other shit that you guys are doing and it's right. all on one channel so it's easy for people to like if people are into your thing they'll go check you out and they'll stumble onto like let's say Lila's stuff yeah or that's Arthur's what we're stuff. hoping for yeah, yeah which is definitely the way the way to go because I'm really community. lucky with these guys man yeah these guys are really cool uh, I don't know how I found them but um, it's not too often that you find so many individuals who are like that talented to be able to like collaborate together yeah and really definitely do something because you know so many people i mean even if you really like them it's hard for them to get to work together right because mm -hmm. they all think they're so fucking brilliant yeah but um <laughs> but fucking uh no i'm really happy to be with these guys yeah check them out channel 310 yeah guys you guys should definitely go on youtube um, look that up but oh. yeah i'm really lucky in that they, they keep me going for sure anytime i feel like i'm not doing enough i look and see what they're doing and it helps me it, you know gives me the energy to start motivate each other yeah yeah because that's half the battle is like being your own biggest fan you know and and uh that's what it's going to be like in the very beginning just cheering yourself on shit. definitely definitely making it look like you're busy um and 
You have a kid now. He's um, yeah, my like son River. Four. He's, he's gonna. He's two now. Yeah, oh, my, dude, my little looks, white boy. He looks so big for a two-year-old. He's two year old. really fucking big. <laughs> I think so he's gonna be bigger than me. Uh, his uncle on his mother's side is like seven feet or something like Jesus that. Jesus fucking like Christ. a fucking ogre. So like a big white family. You know, all healthy white. Uh, Texas people <laughs> So yeah I'm raising a so giant So they do make them big in Texas mm-hmm. um, Having a child Does that Do you think that adds any extra pressure on you To make something happen For yeah. your comedy career Oh yeah Dude I've been thinking about that more recently um, Like you were talking about Like you know You're just focusing on comedy now Yeah If I didn't have a kid I would have just been doing that I honestly I, I talked to some comedians who are like, man, I'm homeless. All I do is mics and live in my car. I'm like, that sounds great. <laughs> you it's know, a- like you don't have to fucking <laughs> raise anybody and, and wipe someone's ass. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I think if you're your just own. if you're just cool, like I'm cool with being fucking poor for mm-hmm. a couple of years. I don't have anything to prove to anybody yeah. like that. I have a kid, so I don't really. As long as if I don't eat, I'm fine with that. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. You could skip a meal. Whereas with like someone who's growing, it's very important. They eat every day. Yeah. And the, the bigger they get, the more this little fucker's going to be snacking. But, you know, I love them. That's the thing is, you know, I love kids. I've always grown up around family. Uh, my baby mom, she's a really good mother. I got really lucky with her. Like she makes it uh, much easier to keep like, my, yeah, like the I mean. shit that I do going on like she's inside you know she she knows that i'm out here doing a podcast you know i don't know how many other women would be okay with like all right i'll take care of your baby while you go you know yeah do i mean that must make it, it so much easier where you don't have to like you're out there you're hitting mics and then mm-hmm. you come home and it must be so much easier so to not come home to somebody be like ah oh, you don't help you're out there you're doing yeah. this and you're not even getting paid sometimes it must be so much you know easier Dude, to have actual support i think about that a lot because i know you know she's not supporting me financially but just you know as far as my dreams are concerned she could you know she doesn't even tell me i'm not funny (laughs) you know i'm sure there's a lot of comedians girlfriends who tell them that i hear it all the fucking time dude i don't know why every time like if you're a comic and Mm. and for some reason you're in an argument with like a girlfriend or somebody you're dating or something like that i don't know why the first thing they always go well you're not even funny and it's like all right bitch you know like because that's where they know know, that's gonna hurt hurt that's like a comedian's version of like you got a little dick yeah like were you serious you would go there (laughs) (laughs) i told you that you know you're supposed of all the things you'd say but yeah no with her i'm that's like part of it is uh being a father and being you know we're not husband and wife, but I've been with her for like eight years. How yeah. old are you? I'm 25. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we met freshman year high school. So you've been doing comedy for about four or five years now? No, almost six. Okay. Six going on seven now. Because I was 17. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Six, seven years, something like that. Very interesting, dude. Um, it's interesting you went to film school, and I know you um, wrote and helped uh brandon bricks mm-hmm. with uh they dead yeah did you, yeah. you helped write that or you wrote it or me and him would get high and we we just started talking about concepts for uh different like shows we'd want to do things we'd want to shoot a couple years ago and so it just started off with like uh i think uh walking dead was getting really hot right around then mm-hmm. and uh we we thought you know we'd be smoking and just talking about our version of it and uh, it started off with just really cool ideas for scenes. And uh, my concept was, uh, what if, like, you know, police brutality, it was getting really hot right then as well, like with Trayvon Martin and whatnot. Yeah. And so P. 
people of color are upset at, at the police officers and I told them like wouldn't it be a great scene to like see in a, in, in a short film uh, like you know a fucking uh, like if a, a cop had just shot an unarmed black man and that guy came back to life as a zombie and yeah. just fucking bit his dick off and you know <laughs> and you know th- it was fun just like talking about it and then uh, a couple years later I, I just I, I got tired of talking about it and I was like man let's get it shot so uh, me and Brandon, we got together and started filming a couple scenes here and there, and we got uh, a trailer together. Yeah. Uh, we got first we got like a script, and then we got a trailer, and now hopefully by October next year, I want to get the full thing out. I wanted to make it like a like a pilot, you know, like yeah. an idea for like a whole series type deal, because that's what everyone's doing now, is series and shit, Netflix style. But yeah, I always thought it would be fun, and me and him uh, had the idea for Day Dead. It's like Dawn of the Dead. But like mixed with Friday, you know, yeah. some real urban shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. I saw a couple of clips of that. It looks fucking funny. Yeah, the, the graphics uh, are are a little different. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I gotta say that adds to the whole vibe of the of the. Yeah, you know, it's low rent shit. I, I mean, we're still we're all just figuring it out. Like I, I don't know much about like editing. I did it all on my phone. Jesus Christ, yeah, I got, really? I got the iPhone X. I waited until I could afford the iPhone X to start shooting shit because I know it's like the nicer cameras. Dude, the phone is like, <laughs> dude, that's such a weapon for fucking comics. That's how we fucking, that's how mm. we see all the mics. That's how we know what the fuck is going on in the scene. Dude, dude I'd be fucking. I am on my phone. This is the longest I haven't been on my phone all day. Uh, I hate, I hate <laughs> being on my phone, but also it's like I need it. You know what I mean? My son loves it. <laughs> he doesn't even know how to say a full sentence yet. And, like, he doesn't know how to ask for the, like, dad, give me the iPhone. But he knows how to fucking use it. Yep. Like, he'll, he knows how to look through the apps with his little fingers and, like, click the YouTube and find the videos he likes and switch through the ads. Yeah, my, <laughs> my nephew does that. And it's like, dude. It's weird. How the fuck? And how do you have favorite shows on YouTube as a three-year-old? It's it's the weirdest thing because you see old people struggling, you know. Like, my, my mom doesn't know how to text that well. But my son is really good <laughs> at fucking it. <laughs> he was just born. <laughs> and he's just he doesn't know what a phone is, but he can fucking use it. You know, it's the weirdest thing. Getting back to the they dead. Um yeah. so you're hoping to premiere that the the mm. full film next um October. Yeah, yeah, we're working through it slowly because I got so much other shit. But, Definitely. Uh yeah, that's a that's a project that uh I see um I see people like looking at and I'm really happy that when you know when something I think of gets attention like that cuz that's what I want, you know. I yeah. want I want people to respond to anything I'm putting out. So uh and, and me and Brandon, we collaborate really well. Brandon's fucking hilarious. Brandon Bricks has been on the scene for a long time. I think he's been doing like comedy almost 10 years or something. Yeah, shit. I mean um he's I see, I've seen him on BuzzFeed and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually helped him um with a a sketch or two before too so it and i know how that guy works and it's like he's got a vision it's like let's fucking make it happen yeah he's all about like getting shit done real quick and yeah just like just is, doing it before you lose the notion and shit like that is, yeah is that something that you're more interested in pursuing in the future like writing movies or writing yeah or that's exactly what i want i uh i want to be man just a jack of all trades you know i like the idea of acting like real serious acting even. Yeah. Like my theory is that comedians make really good actors because, you know, we understand like the depth of human emotion. You know, like, I don't know why, but I mean, all my fav- a lot of my favorite actors are either really funny or good comedians. You know, like Robin Williams is a great actor. I always thought it was, um, that now that you bring that up, 
I always thought that um, it was interesting how um, growing up I would watch these people like Jim Carrey. I, I knew him at, like as an actor before I even knew he was a comedian. Mm-hmm. There's um, people like that. And I always thought it was interesting because I'm like, this guy's really funny in movies. And then it makes sense because obviously instead of getting an actor and showing them how to be funny, it's such an easier step to just get a comedian and be like, make make this funny. Do what you do and make this funny for us. You know? Yeah, I don't know what it is about humor that um, really you're, you're so attached to those deeper emotions. I think it's like the... And I think we understand like cadence a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, like... Um, like instead of being like, oh, I'm just saying it like this, like I'm reading it. It's like we understand where it's like, no, this is the funny part. So I'm going to make that part funny. I'm going to make that part stand out. And there's something to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's maybe like as a as a craft, we have to study people. You know, we, we see our crowds are literally like every emotion possible. And we're trying to wrangle, you know, so we're good at manipulating those because uh, that's what comedians do social you know, commentators you put them into trance you know sympathizing so well that you make them feel as if those are their ideas before you said them type even deal. even if it's like something they don't necessarily agree with you can be um so captivating that you get them on your side mm-hmm. yeah that's something that like you know christian pastors you know and people <laughs> that speak for god and comedians really have in common is like they're just good at wrangling masses and like bringing something out of them and so i don't know what it is about that that like makes a good actor but i that's my thing i i do want to be an actor like that one day like a real serious one like a benicio del toro type or something yeah. like that and then like directing and writing i i, I told you i, li- I listen to kevin smith mm-hmm. i love his style clerks was always a big influence um so i'd like to write shit like that and um you know produce talk shows and be a host and uh and then on top of all that, be involved in the weed industry as well. You know, yeah. that, that really is the glue of all of it. And uh, yeah, I'd like to host like one day if I had money, do all that. And on top of that, have like a, a weed dispensary slash open mic. Dude, you know? I, I've been uh, there's uh, a few shops that I go to where mm-hmm. I've asked. I'm like, can I put a comedy show on? And some have been interested, but then they drop it real soon. It's catching on. <coughs> they, yeah. They're really shy. But every day it's getting more and more legal. And with every new state and shit legalizing it and now hemp is legal, they're, they're gonna, it's going to be like a fucking Starbucks, you know? I was very lucky to perform and host a few uh, shows where it was a cannabis event type of thing where yeah. they had like a five-course meal. Everything was cannabis infused. So I had like, you know, like, like marijuana infused beans. Mm-hmm. which later gave me marijuana infused uh, diarrhea yeah. but <laughs> but you know that that's always that was a fun ass show because it's always interesting to see like that it was the same way that dude's passionate about weed the same way that i was passionate about comedy and it was like yeah dude let's fucking make this happen it's such an inspiring plant you know i got a joke about it where i'm like every time i smoke weed it really makes me want to be a botanist. Like <laughs> it, it, I, I look at it, I'm like, man, I just want to grow this shit, you know, yeah. and sell it to my friends. There's not too many other drugs that make you feel like that. You Definitely. know, no matter how many beers you've had, you've never been like, I want to distill beer. <laughs> no one thinks that shit, you know. Like maybe cokeheads want to sell coke, but they want to cut it up, you know, and you put have, poison. You, you, you know, <laughs> put fucking rat poison and shit in it and sell it to your friends. But it always ends up being like a real positive thing, you know, just a real fucking, uh, as I light my second joint, <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. It, oh, yeah, it, no, dude, that's like your second joint, and mm. also you had a blunt when we mm-hmm. when we came yeah. out. That's that blunt was just a warm up <laughs> blunt. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so you started comedy in Vancouver after quitting, or you started comedy and then you quit that film school. Yeah. Um, p- continue to pursue it in Texas. Ended up hosting. Um, came out here at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out here was it in LA? Was it hard to first kind of get your foot into like the scene, or were you just hit the ground running and started fucking doing shit? I was real nervous at first. I was real shy. I don't like come out and talk to comedians really well, like as far as networking is concerned. It's a bit intimidating sometimes. I don't know what to say. I always know that I'm probably going to sound stupid or be made fun of. Yep. So I always wait for like people to approach me and shit, or I waited for them to recognize me. So I didn't know how long it would take for me to get on the scene and people just to start like realizing that I wasn't going to just go away, you yeah. know? And, um,. I think it was about a couple of months in that I got, I got comfortable enough to where I started talking to people and remembering names and shit. And honestly, it wasn't as hard as starting off in Vancouver because of uh, the fact that it was so organized out here. As soon as I got here, I don't know where I heard it from first. I wish I could remember who told me about the Comedy Bureau. Oh, fucking, that guy's a saint. Mm-hmm. That guy is a goddamn saint, He man. deserves, I mean, whenever I hit it big, just like, you know, I'm going to give him a chunk of change, dude. He is, he is set. So many people on the right path. Yeah. So uh, for you people listening that aren't aware of the Comedy Bureau. So <clears throat> basically what it is, it's like this very important tool for comics. This guy, uh, Josh Kroger, I believe his name Jake is. Kroger. Jake Kroger. Yeah. Jake Kroger. I was a little off. <laughs> it's around the ballpark. Well, that guy, he puts up, it's um, basically two calendars. And then it's one where it's a, a comedy show. Um, calendar where you could see all the shows that are going down that night so you could just pick and choose if you want to go watch a comedy show and then for comics which is really important they have um, another calendar where it's all the open mics that night so mm-hmm. you can schedule your shit out which is very important yeah and if you ever want to get listed on it you just message them on Facebook or on the website and it's really easy you know he you tell him all the details when and where who's hosting it you know is it paid is it a bucket he lists all that for you and it's just like, you know, a centralized spot where everyone can go find that. And uh, so once I got hip to that, I knew where every mic was going to be. Uh, if they weren't listed on there, you heard about them through the mics that were. Yeah, dude, my two there. favorite websites, Pornhub and the Comedy <laughs> yeah, Bureau. Yeah, you know? <laughs> my phone knows what it is. I, don't, I still, to this day, don't know how to spell the word Bureau. Uh, dude, tell me <laughs> tell me about it, dude. But, I was uh, just like, I'm going to make a shortcut on my fucking home screen because I am I can never fucking. Google knows what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what? I started doing the mics whenever I got out here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I'd say it was a good, it was about the same time that it took for me to get familiarized back in the Texas scene or in the Vancouver scene. It was almost the same thing. I give it like a six months to a year and you're in, you know, just it's all about consistency, taking it seriously, doing as much of it as you can. And then really, and so, you just got to get out to shine mm-hmm. is the biggest part. You got to show up to the game. To fucking for people to eventually recognize you, right? Because um, I'm this year I'm trying to focus more on on doing stuff here in LA because I was sp- spread uh pretty pretty much spread all around. I would do stuff in the IE, I do stuff in the OC, um, do stuff here in LA, and um, which is cool because I got to meet a lot of different comics from a bunch of this guy. Music, <laughs> 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 corridos and shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, we're out here in the garage and you never know who's gonna come by man. <laughs> uh, um well shit what was i saying yeah so <laughs> i got distracted by corridos um yeah so which was cool that i was spread out like that because i got to meet a bunch of different comics but the only downside to that is that um like no matter what scene I was in, I didn't feel like oh I'm part of the scene just because I'd be like oh, I just I came out from over there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to trying to focus in L.A. Just I mean I, that's why I moved here. I might as well just fucking stick to try to stick to the L.A. circuit and then go out to do shows at other spots. Right. Um, that's good, man. That's good that you're sticking it out here. I'm I'm happy to be seeing more of you though. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, what are some of your favorite spots here in L.A.? Oh well. I always try to go out to the comedy store at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, just to show up, show your face. You know, it's very important just to make sure everyone knows you're still out there and shit. So you go there at least like they have two spots like they have uh, potluck and kill Tony guaranteed every Monday. You, you do one of those two and you're going to get up one one day or another, like not every week, but it's going to happen. And so you do those and then they have like a monthly spot sometimes in the belly room. And I'll do that. They do that on Sunday nights. And so then um, they have one on Thursdays as well. Sometimes yeah. it's throughout the week, honestly. There's so much shit going on at the comedy. So you many have rooms. to keep so an eye out. And they're one of the ones that don't always get listed on the comedy bureau. Yeah, that's like a word of mouth type. Yeah, thing. definitely. Uh, so it's good to keep your ears open and just like that's my my spot. I always look out for that is a comedy store just out of respect, you know. And then uh, it used to be next stage. But like you said before, they're fucking gone. Now. Yeah, they fucking closed that they down. They were they had a fucking mic Monday through Friday. And then was one of the cool ones where it was they had late mics too, like late mm-hmm. late mics. Oh, you'd be there until three a.m. Yeah, and they were still fucking popping. And then a great vibe again, like yeah, uh, and oh yeah, so fucking comfortable, so inviting. And anytime I was up there, you know, I just felt like I was at home, you know. And and it was one of those places that like the seating was pretty badass. It made comedians forget that they were like. It was like a small theater. Yeah, it was a real theater feel to it too, and they did like improv and acting and shit during the day. One of the vibes I like, um, I like uh, Skip Town. You been there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's like a that's like a small theater too, which is fucking dope. I love Skip Town. I first started going through through uh, Steve Dez's uh, Nobody Sober show. Yeah, yeah, I've and seen then, flyers uh, for that. I got to know the 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 girl who runs it. So um, pretty soon, actually, we're gonna be doing. Uh, fucking the High Tonight show in her theater because she oh, lets people smoke shit. in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did a, I did a show there too, and mm-hmm. uh, like I was going outside to smoke like a fucking casual, yeah. and I came inside and somebody had a bl- Arthur had a blunt. Yeah, and I was like, D- what the fuck, mm-hmm. man? Yeah, <laughs> so I just sat in there man, with my pipe. Right at home over there, and fucking yeah, that's a cool vibe. There's not too many spots like that. So they, and they're like a legit theater too, with like yeah. theater style seating and a fucking green room in the back. I really like their stage, man. Really, just I mean, I like how see. the green room. It's like it's like you gotta go through the wall. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real like, Phantom of the Opera shit. Yeah, <laughs> I was fucking like, what the fuck? When people started walking through that little crevice in the wall, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Just followed them through. The green room was in there. I was like, dope, fucking. And then from the green room, they have a a curtain. You just walk right on stage. From oh there. yeah, I do that a lot. Almost every time I'm there, uh, right before I'm gonna get up, if I know I'm about to be called. I'll sneak into the back set before, and then when they call me, I would just come up from the back of the stage. Yeah. Real classy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so those are some of my favorite spots for sure. Skip Town um, and, like, yeah, Next Stage, Rest in Peace. 
uh there's new spots coming up all the time uh and you know i'm always gonna try to keep garage mic going i i, I you know it's weird to say that my spot's my own favorite mic but i'm you know i, I like the people that i've attracted here you know so yeah. fucking i like doing this every week and uh what else shit none too many like some of the not not in a good way but like uh marty's marty's i never paid the five dollars to go there but i liked the following it had you know and i'm really sad for all the people that are really affected by that mike shutting down uh he provided a good spot for people yeah that was notorious for giving like 20 30 minute spots and shit like Jesus. that all you had to do is pay five bucks and really wake <laughs> your whole shit out yeah and, then, and a lot of storytellers go there you know but um yeah spots like that man new ones every day okay we're about to wrap, uh, wrap this up pretty soon um anything you want to plug well, uh, go check out the High Tonight Show online. Uh, I'm doing that all the time. It's on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, the High Tonight Show. It's like a weed talk show. And the High Tonight I, Show, yeah, you the guys. The High Tonight Show. You know, it's like Leno with a blunt, and I host it. Like Leno with a blunt. That's, That's what I the tell people. That's how I'm going to try to sell it whenever I go to NBC. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I do that. Uh, the, you know, come to Garage Mike. Come sign up. Um, let's see what else. Channel 310. Go check them out. There's a network of people I work with. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Victor Martinez Jr. Uh, I post pictures of my son all the time and shit. And uh, that's about it. That's all I can think of, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Ernesto. No problem, man. I appreciate you coming on. And um, I mean, this is definitely a fun interview. Yeah, I learned dude. a lot about you. Cause it's a good one. Yeah, prior to this, we hadn't really sat down and talked anything. Yeah. I just seen you. And dude, I don't. Yeah, I don't talk to people unless it's in this format. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm not good at having conversations, man. <laughs> so I hope people enjoy this. You guys follow him. Uh, go look up all his stuff. He's got a lot of shit going on. Follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and all that because he's always, obviously, coming up with new shit to put out there for you guys. New content. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm Ernesto Ledesma. That was Victor Martinez Jr. Thank uh, you, man. Yeah. I've always been saying Ledzima. Son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. We're out. <laughs>